This is a HeadGum Podcast. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Space. That celestial wilderness. For centuries, we have wondered, what lies beyond this simple planet Earth? What wonders, what horrors, what mysteries lurk throughout the galaxy? Never before has anyone dared tell these tales. In July 2021, we dare. Isn't it wonderful to have this challenge before you? Is why I'm here! I'll fly over that damn radar every time. Now you listen to me and you listen to me, good God. Introducing Oh These, Those Stars of Space. A new podcast from the cast and crew of Rude Tales of Magic. Join us and the crew of the Starship Cavalier as it journeys through the stars and moons in tales of adventure. We're actually fighting planets, like, protecting the Concilium, you know, and like... Danger. You son of a bitch! Legs fires his phaser. And romance. I'm overloaded with lubricant. Oh, these, those stars of space begins its heavenly voyage on July 26th with a brand new episode. And same day, a second brand new episode exclusively available on the Stars of Space Patreon. Do you hear that? Adventure is calling. It's out there in the galaxy. Oh, these, those stars of space. Available wherever you get your podcasts. There you are, traveler. Come inside, hang up your coat, put your feet by the fire, and I shall bring you what you so desperately seek. Rude tales of magic. Welcome back. You've destroyed the Ruleshaven Bell and liberated the city from the tyranny of law. But at what cost? The bell tower has fallen, and the center of the city lies in ruin. Ash falls from the sky like snow on a school night. It's not clear if the sun is setting or if the clouds of smoke pouring off of the wreckage are blocking out the sun. The streets are lousy with city guard corpses, some of which are still trapped under pieces of the bell which glow white hot. The ambient order which spilled out from the bell leaves a faint ringing in your ears, which were of course attuned to the natural chaos of Cordelia. Nearby, a stray dog catches its reflection in a broken window and realizes to its horror that it's now a purebred. As you rush towards each other to reunite, a horrible roar fills the air. The 
cobblestone street below you rumbles as an impossibly tall patchwork flesh creature, its skin a quilt of mismatched biomass, lurches forward. This impossible silhouette steps forward out of the burning remnants of the jurisdiction in, backlit by flames. What are you gonna do about it? Is everyone okay? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, Bella. Oh my god. Are you okay? Hey. Yeah, hey, hey Cordelia, how are you? Albie's gonna run over and hug Bella. Albie, hi. Hi! Yes, yes, yes. Everybody's <laughs> hugging. In the meantime, a gigantic monster of flesh has come to take what is due from me. For what? A jaw? A hand? This is preposterous. Yeah, Bella. Oh my god. Are you okay? Uh Sturf, this isn't really the time for a joke. Oh, um, Sturfry has lost his ability to speak, uh, magically. Sorry, normal Kenku now. What? What? Sorry, 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 sorry. Dude, oh, oh, no. sh- oh shit, it's okay, man. This touching moment is, is interrupted. You hear the, uh, the crash of a large building being brought low to the ground from a swipe of Brian Fuck's large, enormous... Fucking Frankenstein's together hand. It, this hand is, is an entire story tall, and it's it stitched together haphazardly. It, it knocks <sighs> over a building, and you hear Brian Fuck cry out. He unhinges his jaw unnaturally, and he shrieks. The shriek echoes across all of the switchblades as you hear him bellow out into the into the the evening air as he shouts, "I am Brian Fuck." I am owed a jar and a hand. Render unto me which is that which is mine. Sorry, that which is mine, not which is mine. I've been underground for a long time. Someone give him a jar and a hand. I can't believe I used to be into this guy. Bello's going to look around for like a store that sells maybe like a group of five uh, machines that can be crafted together into one mega machine? Yes, just such a store exists. Unfortunately, Brian Fuck's large uh, a mechanized foot no! smushes it, just Terry Gilliam style, right in front of you. Oh. I could have used those. That's all right, everybody. This is my responsibility. I'm the one who made the deal. I will negotiate with him and perhaps lose these new bony parts. And um, to Bonesby... Strides out into like the middle of the most visible part of the street and points up. Bellow's gonna cast Thaumaturgy onto Bonesby and allow him to boom his voice. Thank you, Bellethion. Brian Fuck! It is I, Frederick de Brian Fuck! And I call out to you. Yes. Come down and speak with me. Come up and render unto me that which is mine! And Brian Fuck is going to unhinge his jaw and he vomits a, a wave of, uh, of goblins. Uh, they, have, they have all, uh, they're holding their hands and their feet just like barrel of monkey style together. And they, he vomits out a long, like a wave of goblins who come crashing down into the street. You see in an alley up above, the goblins are sort of pouring towards you. It is a, a solid wave of goblins. They are moving like water, but they are touching each other. Some of them are letting go, and they're scurrying away. And that's chaos. There is no way. It's moving too fast for me, the observer. I'm just observing what's happening, obviously. And for me, the observer, I can't tell because it's, it's happening so chaotically. 
but it's all happening very, very quickly, and it's coming towards you faster and faster and faster. Oh my god! Stirfry runs towards the Stirfry runs towards the wave, and he is going to attempt to jump as the wave is cresting while they are all still together. If he can jump head to head to head to head to head to try to basically run up this wave to get to the mouth of that ugly, ugly man. Okay, so you're going to need to make an acrobatics roll to do this. Yes. And the acrobatics roll, I'm just warning you right now, is going to be very, very difficult to make because what you're describing is fucking insane. Yeah, I love it. It's powerful, just like me. I'm the roll of dice. And, oh, that is a 18. 18 is not going to cut it at all for what I just told you you're going to have to beat. Sorry, baby. That's going to be very good, and you're actually going to do very well. And you're going to be, you're running up and up and up. You're running. You are putting your foot on a goblin's forehead. One of them has their mouths open. You grab them. Uh, your little, your foot goes into the tongue, and they wrap their tongue around you, but you manage to squeeze out, and you're just moving. And you, you, you fake left. You fake right. You're climbing up and up and up and up, and then two of them work together. They grab you by the ankles, and they pull you down inside the goblins. You are surrounded entirely by goblins. These goblins, uh, they are behaving as a liquid more than a group of solids right now. And so you are pulled down into a large pool of goblins. The world goes black, and it smells like absolute shit in there. Imagine if a fart didn't brush its teeth. That's what it smells like in this huge uh, wave of goblins that you've just been pulled down into. Sturf, no! Sturf, right! Then DeBonesby just waits for the wave. He feels a strange comfort among all these goblins. Cordelia's not going to wait. She steps in front of De Bonesby to protect him. Um, she feels within herself some strange new pit of magic, and she throws it out in front of them like a shield. Uh, and in front of them, a gateway opens. What the fuck? What happens? So obviously I have no idea what the fuck this is. You have to walk <laughs> me through what happens here. Huh? Franson, this is the hunger. The hunger? Explain! A massive sphere erupts just in front of De Bonesby and Cordelia, and a sick blackness, a void, inky, dark, strange, and completely otherworldly emerges from a point in space and sinks all light and noise within it. Um, strange whispers and slurping noises and tentacly-like sounds rub against each other, and any creature that reaches it has to make a dexterity saving throw. All right, now I'm going to make, uh, really quickly, I'm going to make 400 dexterity saving throws. (laughs) And we're back. These things do not look good for uh, these goblins right now. So this wave of goblins rolls forward, and as soon as they pass through this this wall, this dimension, uh, it it just becomes a wave of flesh and skin, and uh, a lot of them are filleted, uh, just like goblin skeletons just sort of uh, pour forward. Now, luckily, what this does uh, is this sort of blocks the momentum of the wave, and the wave begins to pile up and build. As soon as it hits this wall, the momentum is is halted, and a massive number of goblins are uh, are killed! They're killed by this! And uh, little bits of their skin, it smells even worse. If you thought the outside of a goblin smelled bad, the inside of a goblin smells significantly worse. And so the wave hits you, and I need you, actually, who are standing closest to it, to make a constitution roll. I got a seven. Seven? You are sick to your stomach. 
I also got a seven. Seven? You are sick to your stomach. Uh, You both are absolutely, uh, you're sickened by this. Now it's up to you what you're going to do. But I will say uh, for your next turn, for your next action, uh, you are going to be doing whatever you do with disadvantage because you are so disgusted by this. Any concentration uh, that you need is going to be severely uh, limited by how just fucking bad this smells. Have you ever, you know what I'm talking, you've smelled, you've smelled it before. You know, you've been in a situation where that's all you can think about and that's you're in that right now but it's even worse oh johnson christ albie's gonna um albie's gonna reach forward and try to pull de bonesby and cordelia backwards away from the void absolutely make a strength roll i am amenable to this uh de bonesby are you amenable to this no i'm trying to do something i'm very impressed with the spell by the way not so much the the, the, spell, the, the spell the spell no i don't want to go i want okay. to talk to him so you are going to roll with advantage for Cordelia, and you're going to roll with disadvantage for DeBones. We make two separate rolls. 14. Seven. So it's a 14 for Cordelia. That's enough. You're going to grab Cordelia. Okay. 10. Nat 20 for DeBonesby. You grab so it's take a 10. It. It's so it's a 10. I got a 10 with the bad one. Nat 20, which you don't get. You get a 10. Uh, uh, DeBonesby, what, what was your roll there? Uh, I rolled a 15. Okay, you don't get him. You grab DeBonesby and he slips away. DeBonesby, what do you make it real quick? What do you say as you slip away from Albie there? I said this is my responsibility. All right, and forward he goes. Meanwhile, Sir Fry, you are in a wave of goblins. You have no idea what happens, but I need you to make a dexterity saving throw. Nine. Nine. Sir Fry, take 2d6 cold damage. Six. Okay, Stir Fry, you are surrounded by goblins. It is completely pitch black. They have blocked blocked out the very sun. Uh, and you are just inside of them. You are inside of a foul-smelling, incubated wave. So that bad smell is warm, which is making it smell even worse. It is absolutely nauseating. And then all of a sudden, it's getting hotter and hotter and hotter. And then all of a sudden, like you swam out too far in the ocean, you get a strong chill you are chilled to the bone you are immediately shivering you hear faint whispers in languages you can't comprehend you get the sensation of uh, a tongue the devil's tongue just sort of like moving up and down your back but when you turn to look at it it's gone it's just a sensation Stir-fry buckles, his, his knees go to the ground, he begins to hug his shivering body. He begins to hug his shivering body, and, and, and as he l- tries to listen, he'll, he'll try to mimic some of the sound, sounds that come around him in, in hopes of understanding what's going on. In this lack of understanding, he opens his mouth and emits the f- foghorn sound, that deep, deep boat noise that we know so well. Cordelia hears it. As you do this, Stir Fry, you are, your friends are going to hear this. You are going to visually, you're going to see that all of a sudden the, the darkness that was surrounding you is replaced with, uh, with light. You can see again as the, uh, the goblins around you are skeletonized, their skin falls from the bone, uh, their, their meat falls off of them, they're, you see beating hearts near you, they're just beating this like horrible you can see almost through the hearts the horrible uh brown goblin blood uh the like snot green and brown blood moving through these hearts uh, and you you look around you're surrounded by gore and the first thing you see other than this is up in front of you you see 
DeBonesby walking towards you confidently. Stirframe runs towards him as fast as he can. At the sound of the foghorn, Cordelia had looked up and realized Stirfry was in the mix, and she mm-hmm. dropped concentration. Okay, great. Your, uh, your wall disappears. <sighs> Whoa, <laughs> that was not expected. <laughs> That's a lot of dead goblins. Jeez. Did the goblins do that, or is that... No, you. that was me. Cordelia, you're, um... Amazing. Smash! Another footstep as Brian Fuck gets even closer to you. He unhinges his jaw and bellows out into the into the air. I am Brian Fuck! I am vengeance! Branson, in the midst of all these skeletonized goblins, yes. uh, does Bellow spy any jawbones or any uh, skeleton hands? You spy nothing but them. There's, uh, there's, there's skeletons everywhere. There's bow, there's jawbones, there's skeleton hands, you name it. Hey, hey, Brian, fuck. Do you still have thaumaturgy going? On to Bonesby, this is just normal Bellow voice. And he voice. doesn't hear you. And what oh. instead happens is nearby you, a sewer grate begins to sort of shake and and vibrate and it uh the the lid of a sewer it it opens itself and just it's just black in there but a pair of eyes open you just see two eyes in the darkness and uh the the eyes call out to you and they they say uh uh you there bell ringer come with us if you want to leave (laughs) the resistance (laughs) hi i am bellow who are you come with us there is no time but my friends oh yes we are your friends come with us all of you uh guys come on but to bonesby DeBonesby can come too. <laughs> DeBonesby, stop what you're doing, turn around and take Stir Fry and come with us. What? It's... Hey! Hey, Fred! Yes, Belotheon, I'm trying to communicate with this man destroying the city! You're not communicating with anyone, he's not listening at all. You're just walking straight into death. Now grab Stir Fry and let's get the hell out of here! <laughs> um, and DeBonesby, like, he he sees the bell ringer for a second. Oh! Hmm. Well, and, you know, sure, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll risk death another day. Come on, Stir-Fry! And he grabs Stir-Fry out, uh, out of the stinking mess of goblin parts and runs toward the hole. Hell yes, this is a story about becoming a man! All right, Bella, you did it! Uh, uh, so, uh, Cordelia, Albie, you guys are coming? Cordelia looks to Albie. Albie grabs Cordelia's hand and runs towards the hole. We're running. And, Bella, I have a quick question for you. Do you or do you not bring Tammany? She looks to you now. Tammany, you can come too. Oh, thank God. And she jumps in. She makes it. You are all now inside of the Rules Haven sewers. It is completely dark, pitch black. The world goes out. Blackness. The only color you see is black. You could say a creative man might say it glows black in here. It is uh, It's totally black. And then two pairs of, now I know, I know. I know we all have dark vision, so I'm just describing what the viewer sees. You Got guys, it. of Thank course, you. Yes. but the viewer at we home, see perfectly. Yeah, no, you, if you're listening, you're a human. I know you, yeah. you're not, but no, you're a human listening to this. You can't see what the characters can see. Now, what you guys can see is a split second of pretty darkness. It's pretty mm. dark, and you can see the outline of a few figures before. Somebody very familiar to you. So familiar that I'll just go ahead and say her name. Ramona Didi. A human wizard. She snaps her fingers and her glove begins glowing, illuminating the entire tunnel that you are inside of 
right now for the viewer. You, of course, could all see it. We know. We all, you all had dark vision. I know. I didn't forget. But the viewer, maybe I did. The viewer, however, couldn't see it. And now they can see it. So you are greeted by a, uh, a moon elf. Seems to be uh, a, a young adult. He wears uh, fine clothes, but they're tattered. And he has a scarf and a cigarette. You see Ramona Didi. She looks exactly the same. She's tapping her foot. She looks bored. You see a cat person who wears circus clothing. You see a cockroach person with a top hat and a scarf. And you also see a halfling woman with a haunted look on her face. She stands the height of a human because, I'll tell you why, her arms and legs have been replaced with long swords. <laughs> cool. Ramona! Oh, Ramona Didi! Oh, hey! Oh, hey! Oh, hey. Jinx. Oh, Cock and balls. <laughs> Ramona looks at you. She she taps her foot and she goes, yeah, well, that's my name. Don't wear it out. Good to see you. Uh, <laughs> good to see you survived your, uh, your little trip up into the sky. We did it. Yeah, no, I, I know. I've been paying attention all day. We couldn't have done it without you. I also know that. <laughs> I'm acutely aware that you would have died without me. Well, I guess it's all fine then. Here we are in the sewer. The moon elf is going to step forward. He's going he's gonna to stop you and say, eh, Well, my friends, that is where you are wrong. Is oh. not... Oh, yes. Is not all fine. Allow me to introduce myself. My name okay. is Jacques Avoidaire. Oh. I am the What's lead... that again? Jacques Avoidaire. Oh, of course. I imagine the second reading of it was even clearer than the first. Jacques Avoidois. <laughs> Very different. <laughs> Each time you say it, I have more questions. Uh, it's your fault for uh, misunderstanding. It's not my fault. That's I am true. saying my own name. Of course I would be good at saying my own yes. name. You <laughs> must be hearing it wrong. Mm-hmm. And he, he sort of dusts his hands off and says, and that is all I have to say about that. He looks at the camera and says, do not email us. All right. <laughs> my name is Jacques Savoidois. Ah, the leader Let's just get it like three more times. I am the leader of the Rootshaven Liberation Army. Oh, whoa, cool. Oh, well, I guess your, uh, your, your, your mission is done because it's like liberated. And, uh, that, is, uh, that is where you are mistaken. Although I forget oh. myself. Bello, and he kneels. He takes his hat. Of course, it's a beret. Takes his beret off and he holds it to his chest. They all take their hats off. They all oh. kneel before you. Even... Ramona Didi, who does it lazily. They all, uh, they take a knee before you and they put their hats to their chest. And he looks up at you, Bello, with reverence as he says, Bello, the better Um, I, oh, I didn't, I didn't think that, like, uh, this would happen. I don't, I'm not, what, what what's going on here? Why, of course. We are the Rulshevan Liberation Army. We are here to liberate Rulshevan. But but you don't have to kneel. I mean, it's just like we're just bros. Well, if you say so, we are bros. But to us, you are quite a figure. Look at this. 
Even, and he points to the, uh, the halfling woman, he says, even Lady Blades has kneel- knelt for you, uh, which we thought would be <laughs> Yes, it seems very difficult. <laughs> oh, it's not even worth describing visually, but it is, as you can see, fucked up. Everyone, everyone, please rise, please. Can I, can I help you? And he, he, he makes his way over to the halfling woman. Uh, yeah, yeah, you help her up. And can you just, uh, can you roll a d6 for me? Yeah, of course. I got a one. You take one blade's damage, helping her up. Uh, remember, ooh, those are longsword blades. Ha! He, ooh, you're sharp, lady. My apologies. It's okay. Uh, will I have you here? Hey, Ramona? Uh, yeah, what's up? Could you just be quick, though? I have something later today. <laughs> yeah, no, but no problem. This won't take long. When you, when we, like, flew in that catapult to the tower. Yeah, yeah. Um, do, do you know where, like, like, where did Hot Roddy go? What do you mean? Like, did he stick by you? Did he, like, say, like, I'm head now? Oh, God, that guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. He he sort of hung around. Um, You know, as all the rule stuff was going around, the rules-shaven liberation army we were forming, we offered him uh, to join, but he said uh, he already had a family, and so uh, he wasn't interested in joining any new ones. Oh, that makes sense. Cool. Yeah, and so he sort of stormed off, uh, headed for the bar. Nobody's seen him since. Uh, makes sense. Uh, Jacques uh, Avoidois is going to uh, step forward. Of course, of course, you have questions for us. Uh, but we have questions for you. Uh, you see, uh, we are trying to take back the city to make it uh, rule shaven the way it originally was, you see. And, uh, Bello, we saw you. You did your best, you know. You did. You tried to reform the city, but the reforms did not take. But you see, direct action, you know, it, it uh, gets the goods. So we are trying to to take the city by force now. And what better time now than when the city lies in chaos? What do you mean the reforms didn't take? I mean, I think the, ru- the new rules are the rules and you guys are free. Well, there are no rules, you see. You, you, you broke the bell. So all the rules are gone, even the ones I made? All of the rules are gone, my friends. The bell is broken. There are no rules no more. Oh. Oh, man, I hope people don't have to come back from vacation early. Well, no, you see... Be- uh, Bello, the bell ringer, yeah. my friend... It, they don't uh-huh. have to do anything. There are no rules. They can be on vacation for 100 weeks if they do so desire. Oh, that rules. Yes, it does rule. It's very good. We're glad with what you did. Albie looks at Cordelia. That also means the witch hunter, she might be free. Oh, Jesus. And here I was thinking unlimited vacation is often used as a way for people to just not take vacation at all. Oh, uh, no, that's not the, what I was thinking. Oh. The witch hunter is in town. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, she was she oh, was in shit. jail. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my we god! We went to visit her. You went to visit the witch hunter. She's not our friend. Well, wait. I, no, wait. no, she's not. She's not our friend. But I mean, I went to go. Okay, I thought I could sign up to hunt her down, honestly. Um, and then she said essentially that I had received magic in in unacceptable to her way, quote unquote, um, illegal, which I think is ridiculous and not her place to say. Um, but she said she was putting it for a uh-huh. promotion, so she was already going to get her way out. But Albie's right. If there's no rules now, she's already out, and she is definitely coming for me. So we have the witch hunter. We have Brian Fuck, the biggest we've ever seen him. <laughs> I don't understand. What are we supposed he to He can't get Albie's, bigger than this. Albie's, like, rattling. And at that, at that, at he can't get bigger than this, the cat steps forward and says, uh, Oh, well, that's where you run, my friends. <laughs> Uh-oh. 
Uh, oh, yes, my name is the Great Misnomer. <laughs> not that you asked, but, uh, and in fact, I'm sure you weren't going to, but I... I was, actually, if, if you can believe it. Oh, well, seems I misread you. You see, I was originally a circus performer on tour with Bailey Banks and Biddle in Rulesaven, but... I went on a bender after a bad show and woke up in rule oh. shaven late in the afternoon the next day with a horrible hangover. Uh, and and you had already become a citizen. Yes. Oh. Anyway, that's the entirety of my backstory. <laughs> Asking further questions will be very unrewarding. Why did you step forward just now? Oh, because... <laughs> <laughs> I am an extrovert. <laughs> fair, fair. But also, but also, I have information. And at that, he's going to step to the side, and you see there was a door in the sewers. He's going to open the door and lead you into a small room. Uh, a single fairy with their ass exposed, like a flickering light bulb, hangs from the ceiling. The, the fairy's fine. They're t- it's like a belt, and the, the fairy is, in fact, laughing. They're okay. Uh, but their butt sort of, like, flickers like a light bulb. And uh, you see, tied to a chair, a man in chef's clothing who looks up at you. His blonde hair is slicked back poorly. He seems to recognize you. I know you. The 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 strees. The, oh my the gosh. Strees. The strees. Ah, you're a cook that we lied to. Hello. I forgot his name. I forgot his name. Yeah, Tiny James. It's Tiny a, James. It's okay. Wow. I forgot all of your names except Bello the Bell Ringer, which is a very famous name now. <laughs> hey, what's up, dude? Uh, not enough. Well, it might be too much. I, I don't know. It's definitely the wrong amount. I'll tell you that. Hey, don't put too much pressure on yourself, dude. It's okay. It's Take not a on breath. me. It's on the situation. And at that, yeah, totally. the great misnomer is going to step forward and say, Yes, we caught him trying to escape the city. Wh- um, wait. Why would it? But why okay. would, yeah, why yeah, couldn't he escape? Okay? Well, it, something seemed off, and we wanted to bring him to you. Tiny James, is something off? Tiny James looks up at you and... His expression darkens. Oh no. There's a storm coming. Oh no. Like the witch you've never ever seen. Cordelia takes a huge step back. Brian, fuck. Oh. You people don't understand. The rules. They were keeping him from coming to the surface. A man named Fuck? He was never gonna last a second up here. Mm, that's a good point. I was sending him flesh and parts and even... He looks to the side as if he's gonna get in trouble. Yeah, human bodies. To help him with his work. Judge me if you must, but the scientific, the medical advancements he's made, history will absolve me! You don't know uh, him I'm like gonna... that! Bellow's gonna get in his face, yeah. and, oh. and, and he's gonna grab it, grab him by the shirt collar and pull him the narrative like, from right yeah. out of Ab- Albie's palm. Yeah. This, when you hear this move, yeah. he grabs him by the shirt collar and he holds him really close and he says, Did you ever give him strees? I gave him everything. Joe, I gotta say, that doesn't change my opinion of <laughs> you cutting me off. Sorry to say. But Alvy's gonna join you. Alvy's gonna also step forward and grab the other side of his collar and say, where were you getting human body parts? Oh, I see. Bad cop, bad cop. The classic routine. Bellow's gonna look, Bellow's gonna turn his head so he's looking at Alvy directly next to him and say, Alvy, that's a really good question. Alvy blushes and then looks back at um, Tiny, what's his name? Tiny James. Tiny James. Oh, so it's more like flirty cop, flirty cop. Okay, well, I'll tell you where I was getting bodies. 
from the people. From people who died in the hotel. Wait. Stir-Fry <laughs> goes up and grabs his grabs his collar as well, joining the, the party, and he, and he uh, opens his mouth and says, I have an extrovert. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I know. It's clear. Cordelia steps up and also grabs his collar, and she says, Look, Tiny James, I have a huge hunger in me now, and I will press it onto you. It's, it's really scary. It's like a big sphere of whispers and stuff. Help us get a body. Give it to Brian Fuck so that he leaves us alone. You don't know. You don't know what he's capable of. You don't know what he's like. What he's really like. Wait, what do you he mean? He's gonna you... make me from Tiny James into Huge James. We had a whole <laughs> deal. We had a whole arrangement worked out. But then you ruined it. So then it's in your interest to help us. The deal is off. Brian Fuck has been betrayed. Do you know how, how delicate our situation was? <laughs> you don't know what he's capable of. He moves his tongue strangely and bites down. His pupils dilate and his mouth begins foaming. Make your peace with whatever god you pray to. And then James, he's gone. James, don't you know you were huge inside no! all along? It's too late, what? he's gone. Get a, like a poison capsule? Yeah, baby! She had a poison tongue. <laughs> you know, you know what? You know what? I'll, I'll take it. His tongue was poison, and he'd been avoiding it the entire time. But he he bit it, and it released poison. Gross. Uh, oh, you hate to see it. I have to say, I'm really seeing now it was a bad idea to confront a man who would <laughs> inspire this. And yet, there was a piece of me that felt called to it. Cordelia drops two coins on Tiny James's eyes. Yeah, DeBonesby, what was your plan? You can't, you can't be trying to take down Brian Fuck by yourself. I know, I know. It just, it felt like it called out to a tiny piece of me, and I rationalized it as if saying it was my responsibility. Of course, no, his deal was absurd. There's no responsibility. But now that I'm away from those goblins, I feel more myself, and I'm, I'm glad for your aid. All right, Bello, Bello lets go of the collar of the dead man and turns to DeBonesby and. <clears throat> and turns to DeBonesby and says, Fred, were you... Were you trying to make, like, a noble sacrifice? Um, no. No, no sacrifice. I just... I, 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 I genuinely felt a connection that I... Uh-huh. Uh, and I felt pulled toward him. Um, uh-huh. No, no, I... I uh, In he, spite of all the danger he posed. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. No, yeah, I, I, I just, no, he gave us a bad deal for the hand and the jaw. And if he's getting human parts, he could have given me a human one. Come on. All right, look, we're on a time limit here because there's only so much time between, you know, witch hunter point A and me point B. So, and as you say that, you hear uh, another stomp and the, the, the roof begins to roof. The ceiling begins to... Roof is the street, I guess. The uh, <laughs> ceiling begins to shake in little bits of dirt and dust and pebbles. They, uh, it's rattling above you and they begin falling down around you. You can tell, you don't know exactly where Brian Fuck's uh, huge new body is, but you can tell it's closer than you'd like it to be. The um, lights Cordelia, flicker. Cordelia turns to Great Miss Nomer and says, uh, yes. Get us out of here. Uh, out of here where? Out. Out of Rules Haven. Out of 
rule, sh rule shaven. Let's make it clear. Rule shaven now. Wherever. Out of rule shaven, out of rule shaven. We need to get back to the teenage forest now. Sure. Yes, I mean, I would be happy to help. We've got a brand fuck situation. Well, none of us know how to deal with him, and we want to run away. Okay, fine. If you want to run away, be my guest. We thought you would help. We thought you were the hero sent here to root save Rulshev. Stirfry takes out his butcher's knife and looks at the crew. He opens his mouth. I want to tear down this town. You want to break every rule? Stirfry, uh, uh, Stirfry, uh, uh, sort of shakes his hand back and forth like... Oh. Are you trying to tell us something, Sturf? Stirfry seems to be voting that we take down Brian Fuck before we leave. Uh, Stirfry points at Cordelia and goes, A Jacques Apatois. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, so Jacques across the room, he goes, Oh, no, 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 you, you have it all wrong. It is a Jacques Apatois. Bellow's going to turn to Tammany and say, Hey, Tammany. Yeah. You used to be pretty connected in this town, right? Yeah, I used to be a spider, too, but then everyone looked at me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Well, oh, the spider I shouldn't look at. Um, do you know any, like, ways we could fight, like, a giant flesh monster? Like, any, like, town city guard resources or, um... God, I guess there's the, the armory, which would be full of weapons and... Spell hmm. scrolls and things. Yeah, I, I, guess, I guess you could you could oh. go to that. There's the uh, yeah, that's a possibility. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Jacques Avoidaire uh, is going to say. Uh, there is, of course, uh, uh, we still have the catapult. Uh -huh. Catapult. Uh, oh, the so catapult. We could we could load up on weapons and spell slots at the armory. Then we could go to the catapult, fire ourselves at Brian Fuck's dumb little head. And, uh, mess him up. Or, dumb little head. We could lure him into the catapult and shoot him off the side like the garbage. Ooh, I like that one. I like that one. That's fine. And so Jacques is going to step forward and say, all right, all right, all right. And just a, a small, uh, just a, a, you know, physics. Uh, <laughs> the, the catapult is designed to hold maybe uh, five, you know, five medium-sized creatures at a time. This is a 70-foot-tall kaiju. We knock fuck off the top of the kaiju, into the catapult, hit the catapult. Well, this does sound hard. Mm. It sounds hard. Can we just catapult a jaw and a hand to him? He, he's come to collect flesh. There's a bunch of goblin flesh up there. Is there a reason he wouldn't take that? From up above. You hear Brian Fuck continue, and you buy the entire time. You've been hearing sounds of destruction, screaming, people running up and around. Sorry, Taylor. People running around, uh, and you hear Brian Fuck uh, call out into the evening air as the sun is setting. Now you can't tell you're below ground, but I, the listeners, uh oh, they the cameras, <laughs> they know the sun is setting as Brian Fuck uh, uh, screams out into the evening. Render that which is owed to me. I belong. I. Okay, okay, so I need a jaw and a hand from the party who betrayed me. Uh, oh, that's. To Bonesby. Not. And that's... just to clarify, a normal jaw, normal hand, not gonna do it. Fred, listen. Yes. Remember, remember when. Remember Regina Dentata? Yes, I remember Regina Dentata. She had you badly. Like, yeah, she was like big, and then you made her smaller? Yes. Uh, I cast reduce on her at half her size. 
Are you suggesting uh-huh. I do that to the giant flesh monstrosity? Uh-huh. I think you would still be pretty big. Oh. Stirfrey walks over to James, smacks that butcher knife on his wrist, taking out his hand. Up. Smacks that butcher knife on his other wrist, takes that hand, opens his mouth, and uh, takes out a smaller knife. You forget this little guy's a cook. He knows how to cut up meat the way it should be cut. No, we don't. What are you talking about? You forgot. You <laughs> forgot. You, forgot. You, we forgot. you all have forgotten He's always my making character. acorn water. Wait, hold on, hold on. Tim rolled for us. We forgot. You all forgot that he was a cook, and so you forgot that he's got a skill set that most cooks have, like cutting up, you know, a chicken and stuff. But in this case, it's not a chicken. It's the jaw of this dead man, James. And Susan, cut the jaw off and put... The hand, the hand, the jaw together, and wrap it in the little bag, throwing it over his shoulder. He turns to the bones beak. Johnson Christ! You're quite a butcher, Stirfry. Wait, Stirfry, what are you doing? This, he just I, said quite clearly that he needs a jaw and a hand from us, the party that betrayed him. Stirfry just points to himself. He's saying, points to the bag, points to himself, points to this bag, points to himself. Oh, you, you, you're going to hope to trick him, or, or you're claiming ownership of it, so that counts? Stir-fry does that, uh, you got it, uh, two, thumb, two thumbs up, pointy fingers right at the Bonesby. And this is one of those things where it's like, uh, it, it's like he's got a, it's stir-fry words come behind him when he does that thing. <laughs> <laughs> you're saying there's a graphic behind you? I'm yeah. saying there's a graphic, yeah. It's rumbles again we don't have much time to I come be- up with another plan i believe with enough armaments we can destroy that creature i've taken a truck apart with a simple sleep spell in the right spot after all all right let's go to the armory yes and i will need spell scrolls as i haven't slept in a very long time i'm running out of god magic. i know if anybody sees coffee just a uh, holler uh, great, uh, Jacques Savoida, uh, Avadois is going to say, <laughs> He hollers uh, as he, he steps to the side and he has, he has a pot of, pot of coffee. He says, hey, this is so important that the resistance be wide awake. Jacques Savoida! <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Avoid- <laughs> so close, so close. Avoidaire! Uh, Jacques Avoidaire. Jacques Avoidaire. Avoidaire. Whatever, whatever. Avoidaire. Jacques! Thank oh. you! Eh, what? Merci, merci beaucoup! <laughs> that is how I say thank you. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> you are welcome. Uh, uh, she takes the pot from his hands uh, as if it's its own big mug, and she sips right from the top. Ooh, it starts at her toes. It tingles. <laughs> the warmth like, like a sunrise after the worst night of your life. Washes through her body and up into her skull, where tingles, uh, you know, happen, and then she's like, "Bing, yeah, bing, yeah. bing, 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 bing!" She's fully back in action. 
Cordelia's back in action. She's had her coffee. We can talk to her. She's had two coffees now today. <laughs> That's uh, like, Cordelia, you might have a little bit of trouble going to sleep later, in fact. <laughs> um, She'll be fine. <laughs> Uh, well, we'll see. We'll let the narrative dictate that. We'll let the little those little dice who love to fuck with our lives. They'll tell us how well she'll be. In fact, roll for it. Make a constitution roll. Thirteen. Okay, you are up with a consequence. You are wide awake, you are focused, but mm-hmm. you are jitty, jittery, and mm-hmm. the anxiety is starting to rise. Uh, your okay. awake level has hit a 10, but your anxiety level is a 6, and okay. it's creeping up. She is rubbing her hands together, sort of in a way that might appear greedy, but is pure anxiety. And she is darting her eyes left to right, just in pure fear of the uh, witch hunter and the witch hunter's friends. Great. Lady Blades is going to lean over to the great misnomer and say, what is that? Is that greed? Is she signifying greed with this? And uh, the great misnomer is going to say, ah, is, is the great mystery. Uh, Jacques, does this tunnel lead to the armory? Uh, this tunnel leads wherever you want it to, you see. It is the Rulesaven, uh, the, 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 the Rulesaven sewer system. Every major building is connected to it. Only the worst buildings do not have a sewer system. I might regret this, but Branson, I don't think you told us how this place smells. Bad. Wait a minute. Do you think that um, Mr. Anatomies would have a jaw? I guess we have, forget it. We have a jaw and a hand. It doesn't matter. It has to be from the party. Albie, maybe Ulcer Anatomies could help us. Does this tunnel lead to Ulcer Anatomies? As I said before, Zach, tunnel leads wherever you want it to. Yeah, no, it could go to the anatomy store. It can go to, you must forgive me. I am not super familiar with the layout of Rulesaven proper. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's go there. Which That's one? A good idea. Are you going to the armory or to the anatomy store? Um, <laughs> I want to say anatomy, And there's another right? rumbling. And uh, you, it's almost as if Brian Funk is right above you. I feel like anatomy knows a lot of a lot of things. We should go to him. I think he can help. Yeah? Yeah? Right? Very right. well. Wherever we're going, let's make haste. The town falls apart around our ears. So as you leave, as you head out for, you're heading now, we're heading out to, uh, uh, to uh, Anatomy's Odds and Ends, and as you go, the tunnel behind you, it, it crumbles. It falls behind you. There is no going back the way you came from. The path to the armory is now closed to you. You have made a decision, and the consequences for it are you have to continue going forward. The tunnel crumbles down. With a, a deafening uh, blow, it crumbles down. And for a split second, you think you see a large fleshy foot, which seems to be stitched together by a hundred different still living creatures. One of their eyes uh, catches you very quickly, and it is pulled up into the sky, and it's gone. Um, LB starts moving even faster through the tunnel. Great, you're moving through the tunnel. You're taking a left. You're taking a right. You are being led by Jacques Avoidois, who admittedly does not know the layout of this city very well. So you are taking wrong turns. You're getting caught. You don't know exactly where you are. As you are moving through the tunnels, there are there are uh, occasionally you'll come through an especially foul-smelling part of the tunnel. And if you look up above, there is a, uh, a toilet hole, which is directly above where you are in the sewers. Now, uh... Uh, Jacques, as you remember, Jacques doesn't know the layout of the city. He's just leading you forward. He's doing his absolute best, but he doesn't exactly know where he's going. And at one point, you pass under a toilet hole that seems to be glowing a strange pale green. That's it. I think that's it. Very distinctive. (sighs) How high up is the... How how do we get up to the hole? It's about 10 feet. You tell me. Great. Oh, well, Corin's pretty tall. Yeah, so um, uh, all eight feet of Cordelia are going to reach up, and with a tiny hop, she's able to, if she can grab onto that ledge, she's going to do it. 
Absolutely. Now, here's the good news. You're able to do it. Here's the bad news. He died before he could wipe the seat. Oh, oh. no. Branson. What? <laughs> I am committed to realism. <laughs> okay. Oh, God, gross. What didn't he wipe on the seat? Ah, no time. Cordelia. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, heft herself up, and then she looks around quickly for a rope or perhaps a plunger to sort of help her fellow uh, adventurers up. Yes, there is a plunger. Never used? What a freak. <laughs> a plunger next to a big old pipe that just leads into it. Okay. Probably why it was never used. Okay, well, it all checks <laughs> mm, out. Fair. I okay. take it back. Not a freak. <laughs> okay, Cordelia... Cordelia drops the plunger. Cordelia. And by the way, you asked for the plunger. <laughs> I know I did. I know. I know. Um, shame on me. Okay, so Cordelia grabs the plunger and holds it down into the tunnel for anyone to grab. And she says, come on. Bello grabs it. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> anyone. You said anyone. Come on. <laughs> no, I know. Um, she, uh, she pulls him up. Are we friends? <laughs> I, yeah, kind of. You're all pulled up, but the RLA remains down in the sewers. Lady Blade stands before them, looking up at you sadly. She has no arms or legs and cannot climb the plunger. Oh, shoot. Oh, Lady Blades, I'm so sorry. She looks up at you and she says, Do not worry about it. I will provide support from below. Okay. And you hear, Click, 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 and she runs <laughs> off down the sewers. <laughs> Albie salutes down the toilet. Um, okay, Albie's going to set to work looking around the uh, the store to see if there's anything. Well, she's going to be looking for. She's going to be looking for ulcer. Great, Mister Anatomies, don't be startled. There's a group of people who have entered your shop through the bathroom, and what you see next will shock you. <gasps> Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, robbers and cops. Bottoms and tops. My parents, my babies, my certains, and my maybes. It's your boy, producer Taylor Moore, coming at you here at the mid-roll to tell you two incredible things that you're going to want to listen to. Number one, we are launching a new show. Oh, these, those stars of space. Everyone's on it. Joe's DMing it. It's bonkers. It's space. You're going to want to get in the race to reach the finish line, which is really just beginning. The first two episodes are out there. First episode is public. Oh, these, those stars of space. Anywhere you, you, you get your podcast. The second episode is, baby, you know it's on the Oh, These, Those Stars of Space Patreon, which is only $5 a month. And every month, you get an entire new episode of the show. If we did that with Rude Tales, I'd die. I'd die. Ooh, baby. Ooh, can you feel it? The crowd's getting restless because we have our first in person live show god willing in the creek don't rise is coming up september 15th in historic brooklyn new york heard of it at that one of a kind the thing on your mind the venue with the bell the opposite of hell because it's so great it's heaven the bell house in brooklyn wednesday wednesday september 15th and you can get your tickets now at rudetalesofmagic.live September 15th, live, in person, at the Bell House. Folks, we are preparing a hell of a show for you. I promise, gonna be a good one. And if it's not a good one, it'll be a bad one in a good way. Mwah, see you there, baby. Hello, listen. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over. 
which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Listeners, this episode is proudly supported by This is Y'all Come Back an improvised podcast that explores the magic of a mundane small town. Uh, Y'all Come Back is a small village on a donut-shaped island, yes please, in the middle of a lake, and when the state threatens to disincorporate the town, unless they meet a certain population, Y'all Come Back's three government employees set out to save the town by starting a podcast, of course. (laughs) Perfect, a perfect solution, I love it. Uh, starring Mayor Manny McDermott, Superintendent and Coroner Baby Smith-Jones-Johnson, Fire Chief and Historian Gil Gilman, and a revolving cast of Y'all Come Back's most fascinating citizens. This is Y'all Come Back is at once hilarious and heartfelt, all at once wholesome and explicit. Well, that sounds familiar. Rude Tales fans, wholesome and explicit... A delicious, a a winning combo, if you ask me. And you didn't. Um, So let's see. Uh, The show blends fantasy and everyday life, uh, which is yet another winning delicious combo. Um, You'll Come Back is sort of embraces the Rude Tales model of having fun, but not shying away from adult humor for the adults in the room. Sounds great. Uh, and hey, let's just say that if Scrum Fabulous opened a second pad, it'd be on Y'all Come Back. And Thunderling has probably played at the recent music festival. You don't know. Um, so go on over and join the community of Y'all Come Back. You can find This Is Y'all Come Back at yallcomebackpod.com. That's Y-A-L-L-C-O-M-E-B-A-C-K-P-O-D dot C-O-M or wherever you get your podcasts. So look, what are you waiting for, right? They need citizens. Subscribe today and hey, tell them Rude Tales sent ya. Welcome to Anatomy's Odds and Ends. It's never smelled great in here, but it smells especially stale at the moment. Hmm, stinky episode. The shop seems completely (laughs) unchanged from when you were last here. There are still spell scrolls and glowing books, and in fact a terrarium full of human hands moving about like tarantulas. But something strange and unfamiliar stands nearby an open closet. Why? What? It's the empty skin of Ulcer Anatomies. His beard had gently floated to the ground and it rests in one complete form on top of his hollowed out body. Oh! Oh my god! Wait, maybe he was inspired by you, Fred? Yes, I think that's entirely possible. Any skeletons in here? Yeah, there is a skeleton up on display. 
<gasps> Ulcer, is that you? The skeleton shakes its head no. <laughs> oh. Are you okay? Please don't investigate this joke. Okay. <laughs> I just have like 10 more questions for The skeleton um, says that, by the way. It's, it's skeleton. Okay. I bear no relevance to the plot. Frederick inspects <laughs> the uh, the skin. Uh, yeah, yeah. What are you What are you looking for there? Make a little roll for me. I'm going to do an arcana check so I can kind of guess what sort of magic uh, is responsible Fantastic. for this. Fantastic. Absolutely. Make that roll for me, Bone Daddy. <laughs> I got a 26. 26? Oh. You fucking look through reality and you see <laughs> as Ulcer Anatomies uh, weaves a deal. A, a verbal uh, deal is made with the witch hunter. You can tell exactly what happened here, which is the witch hunter used an agreement spell on ulcer anatomies. They had very clearly worded, uh, a very clearly worded arrangement. And when ulcer broke the arrangement, he voluntarily uh, gave in to the magic, which the witch hunter had already placed on him. And she got around rules, Haven law. This was a loophole in rules, Haven law. This was not a murder. The witch hunter did this. This was not a murder on the witch hunters part. This was ulcer anatomies breaking a deal that was not applied to him with murderous intent. And so this counted as ulcer anatomies, uh, uh, willfully breaking a spell, breaking a deal that he knew would have fatal consequences. I relay this information to the group. Oh, God. Um, Albie grabs Cordelia's hand. I thought he was on our side. Well, it appears that he was on our side until the very end. And he paid for it. Maybe he was, Cord. He broke the agreement. But what was the agreement? Why did he enter the agreement? I'll say for a 26, you can tell he was probably coerced. Who can say? Look at all this free stuff! And, and what free stuff there is. In fact, to Bonesby, uh, looking around, you can see a crystal. Now, all of this stuff is clearly labeled. Why wasn't it there last time? Shut the fuck up. There is a uh, crystal ball, which is clearly labeled. It will show you how you do not die. And it only works once. Mm. <laughs> Anyone can use it, but they only get one use on it. It shows you how you do not die. There is an umbrella which creates rain, known as an anti-umbrella. When you open it, it creates rain. There is, uh, There are lace gloves. They do nothing, but ooh, they look so cool. There's a small turtle that, if smelled from both ends, will allow the smellers to switch bodies for one minute. There is a trumpet Whoa. that can only play sad songs. There is something called a permanent necktie, and it is clearly labeled uh, uh, only used as a last resort. There is a movable <laughs> hole, and there is a beard made entirely of pornography. Um, Albie gently picks up the turtle, and she turns to her friends, and she says, is there is there any way we could use this to, like, switch the body parts that stir-fry collected into, like, our body parts, but then send it to Brian Fuck so he accepts it, and then she's, like, sweating because this kind of feels like a riddle to her. And then when it switches back, we get our body parts back, but Brian Fuck was already tricked. What if we made him follow in this movable hole? <laughs> there we go. That's straightforward. I'll be kind of, like, she doesn't fully fade, but she dips a little. <laughs> uh, Cordelia... 
her eyes keep darting over to the crystal ball that shows you the way that you don't die, mm-hmm. and she gives in, and she steps over to it and uses it. Okay, Cordelia, you, as soon as you look at it, we zoom into your eye, and Cordelia, you are alone in the middle of the sea. You have been swimming and swimming and swimming, and you are exhausted. You do not have the strength to move forward another inch, and you finally, you give in. And the water surrounds you, and you close your eyes for the last time. Zoom back out! Damn it. I was hoping it would show me the witch hunter. Killing Uh, me. That would have been nice. It would have been nice. Yeah. Okay, um, Cordelia's going to change out of her three-piece suit and back into her crop top and the fully ripped and um, sorted, the hoodie that was sorted. Yeah, so let's say it was sticking out of like a back pocket and that's how it got sorted. Yeah, Yeah, I knew that. I didn't forget. Uh, As did I. Same. (laughs) Um, And she puts that on, so it's sort of like, it's almost like a zip up now Mm -hmm. because it's just, you know, like cut down the center and then she puts her vest over it. She's got her shorts on. She did this behind a little curtain and it was, you know. And so you put this suit back where you found it? Yes. Okay, great. Uh, Stir fry is going to start looking around. Is there any place where there's like um, potions or uh, healing elixirs or, or something? Stir fry wants to find something for his beautiful throat. There is a, uh, there's in fact a whole rack of it. There are potions, uh, they are not labeled, but they are all different colors. Every, uh, every damn color of the rainbow. But here's the thing, they're not arranged like that. They're arranged in a bad way. The colors do not look good together, they clash. Uh, Stir Fry's picking them up, looking them down, turning towards Jabonesby, frantically trying to find something that looks, uh, uh, he doesn't even know what he's looking for. I mean, at first he was thinking of looking at the color that was before, but it kind of needs the reverse of that, right? He doesn't know, he doesn't know what to do. He just can't communicate this with his voice. Stir Fry, don't drink of Brandon potion again. Um, and Bonesby will try another arcana check to see if he can help identify anything that might be of use in this situation. Can I have you make an arcana roll before I just tell you this? Yes, I have rolled. And gosh, I really love using the ability that I put all my points in. Yeah, I got yeah. a 21. Nice. <laughs> so you can see a, uh, a turquoise potion. It is uh, it's glowing ever so faintly. Uh, it's right next to a lime green potion. They don't look good together. And uh, uh, this potion, you can tell, will uh, grant stir fry voice. But it will not be his voice and it will not be uh, for a very long time. Basically, uh, a sip of this potion will give Stir Fry about five minutes with a voice that uh, he's never heard before. Well, this is interesting. If you really need something to say for about five minutes, try this one. But it's no permanent solution, I'm afraid. I don't think we have that in stock. <laughs> Listen to me, I'm already speaking, so it's my shop. I feel so at home. <laughs> Stir Fry grabs it, downs it. Okay, great. Stir Fry. You feel it. It hits your it hits your throat. It hits your lungs, and it hits your frontal cortex uh, as you uh, the front of your brain is hit by this, and a voice that you have never ever heard before. And I, I, I leave it up to you. Comes out of for the next five minutes. Comes out of you, but you have complete control over it. Damn, this is good. This is good for me, finally. Hey, everyone. Billo, I love you. Oh, Cordelia, you're looking great. So, Albie, it's okay. We got this girl. And Frederick de Bonesby, my man, my love, my pal. 
I love you. Thank you for helping me out. You're gonna do this. We're gonna take down this big ass fucker. Brian fuck to be sure. God, I've missed this. I have missed saying what I think. And then when I when and and when I and 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 when oh my God, he's dead. Did we? Did we? Did we? Did we? Did we? Did we? Did we mourn? Do we mourn? Should we mourn? Should we do some formal mourning? You hear a crash as Brian Funk, uh, outside of the shop, seems to lurch forward. Oh, all right, I'm looking for some fireball scrolls. <laughs> you find two of them. Excellent, thank you. Bello grabs that movable hole. Absolutely, holes about a foot long. Hmm. Uh, is Albie still holding the turtle? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Bellows holding up his hole and and looking at it from each angle yeah, yeah. and just like As getting do. Sort, sort of figuring it out. He rolls it up and and puts it uh, inspecting his hole. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> hole check. Uh, and <laughs> Bello yells out, "Hole check!" Oh, caught you lacking. <laughs> That's a clear on my hole. And then he rolls it up and sticks it in his yeah, pocket. Yeah, that comes from inside the hole. Whatever that voice yeah. was. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bello thinks of a long lost friend in a hole, but Aww. he can't. He can't dwell on it for too Fuck long. Yeah, the show. Because- All right, what next? <laughs> <laughs> he gets another idea and he whips his head around and he says, "Hey, Fred, in those scrolls, are there any scrolls that make you bigger? Ah, an enlarged spell, certainly. Here, take it. Oh, uh, Bello opens the scroll, and the scroll says." In Hugin. <laughs> mm, not a lot of details on how much bigger it'll make me, but uh, it says it says there's like a little. It's like sort of like when you're reading a recipe online, and it's like when I was five years old. I, there's like a lot of like. There's a lot of copy. Yeah, there's a lot of copy. There's a lot of preamble to this. It's like uh, you know, scientists debate just how safe it is to use in Hugin. It's only been used uh, one time, and it's actually part of a creation myth about how we got the very sun. So we don't know how uh, how big exactly it makes you we just know that it makes you irresponsibly big all right that that sounds like it's not bad and bello is going to run out into the street <laughs> yo ding-a-ling-a-ling! you run out into the street he whips open that scroll and baby he yells in hugin cosmic ancient magic which just surges through you it, it, it enters your bloodstream pushing all of your blood to the side the, your little your blood cells they, they hit your veins and your arteries pushing them out bigger and bigger and bellow here's the thing it doesn't feel good I've said a number of times on this show that growth spurts hurt like hell take it from me I'm 6'3 you're about to be 70 feet tall and you feel it you feel it every fucking inch of that shit you feel yourself grow and grow and grow and grow this it's uh, this could fucking break a mind you need to make a wisdom saving throw okay yo stir fry orgasms <laughs> cool I'll be the first like, questions her connected to this whole thing <laughs> yo my boy stir fry comes <laughs> 
into the whole enlarging thing. In like a voice he's never heard before. I was like so gonna be awful. like, Albie gets a nosebleed, tee hee, and stir fry. Wow. Yeah, stir fry, stir fry, let's stir fry came. Let's hear you coming in a stranger's voice. <laughs> no! Yes! <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> Can I try again? Tim, yes. <laughs> Quiet on set. Johnson Christ. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Got it. That's it. That's it. That's it. All right. See you guys next on week. The whole fucking show. <laughs> can we? Sorry. Can we stop this bit real quick? Um, because I got a critical failure. Oh no! Bello, you've got a big heart. You've got a big soul, and you've got a big personality in your own quiet way. And yet, those do not grow alongside you. Bello, your body grows and your mind does not grow with it. Uh, your lizard brain sort of just like, yeah, like the fall from lizards too. Your lizard brain just sort of takes over and it grows over your brain as you grow and expand and you go completely feral. The life goes from your eyes. Bello, you turn into a 70 foot tall monstrosity. And when I say monstrosity, I mean monstrosity. You still look good as hell, but now your features are severe. Your muscles are overdeveloped. Your, uh, whatever happened to your six pack, I think it's stuck as a seven pack now. It's a 24 pack now. It's too much. You ever heard of too much of a good thing? No. Now you have, and you're experiencing it. This is too much of a good thing. Bello, you lose your goddamn mind. Joe, you're still allowed to play Bello, but if you play him as Bello, smart. I'm gonna fuck it. Yeah, smart or as Bello, I'm gonna drive to New York and kill you. <laughs> Second time you threatened that this week. <laughs> Can we zoom into Albie's brain? I for did a it second? offline and it wasn't funny. Yeah. <laughs> we zoom into Albie's brain. <laughs> okay, in Albie's brain. Uh, there are two coconuts and a rope fastened to both coconuts, but the rope goes on fire and then we zoom right back out. Cordelia's gonna go, oh no, he's too tall. <laughs> and then she's gonna <laughs> she's gonna turn to Albie and say, oh my god, he's too tall. He's t- he's big, he's that's big bellow. The oh. big bellow, bellow. Yeah. He doesn't know how to handle that tall of a body. His body is a lot of body. Cordelia, look at the body. Albie, look at me. She grabs Al- both of Albie's shoulder and shakes her a little bit. And she says, I know how to be that tall. Give me the turtle. There's a turtle. Okay, uh, Cordelia just takes the turtle from Albie and sprints to Bello's foot and, and uh, slams on it. Bello, somebody is slamming on your foot. You can barely see it, but you feel it. Before she gets a chance to, Bello, somewhat, you know, reptile monster Bello is still going to look at Brian Fuck, and his head sort of turns just so, and he says, Name? <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. That's all Bello has left. Is... <laughs> Bello evolved oh. from a creature that could only ask for your name, and it just still, the the, the fingerprints of that still are, are the echo of that on his current personality. Brian Fuck turns to you, and in his flesh monstrosity, he sees you, and he takes you in, and from his cockpit, uh, amplified many times over, he says, Brian Fuck! Hello, hot boy! Look down! 
Bella looks down. He sees Cordelia, eight feet tall, holding the tor- turtle up and going, Smell! Smell this! Bella is very confused by this. He barely hears that. Flames lick from his eyes, uh, and he he leans down and with, uh, you know, a shockingly strong grasp, picks up Cordelia oh, and, hey! and brings her 70 feet up, and he holds her straight up to his face, and she can smell the almost, like, the brimstone from his, uh, you know, as he exhales through his nose, and he looks at her, and he says, Um, and she sort of shakingly is, you know, holding onto his giant thumb and still extending the turtle out in front of her to his face. And she says, Cordelia. Bello, Bello hears this name and thinks, you can tell he's thinking really hard. And he, 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 you know, there's only one way to say it. He bellows out. Cordelia, world. Uh, Cordelia. Bello, eat world. Ah, oh, shit. And he's gonna shove her in his mouth. No, 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 you do it! Tough shit! You for your friend! You go, she goes right into the mouth! Cordelia, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? You're inside I, the mouth! It's hot in there! I'm gonna grab onto that little thing that hangles, dangles into the back. The uvula, uvula! It's hot in there. It's wet. His teeth are clean. Ooh, Bellow's a brusher. Oh. You know it. That's right. He's a flosser, too. It, it doesn't smell bad in there, but you do get the scent of brimstone. Ooh. His large, muscular tongue. There's abs on his tongue. That's what happens when you get this big. It's fucked up. Uh, the abs on his tongue sort of, like, move you back in his throat. He's trying to swallow you. You see his uh, his uh, uvula hanging down in the back. It's glistening. The light source is unclear. She grabs up the uvula. You grab it! Make a dexterity roll okay. to see if you can hang on to it. 12? Okay, 12. You, you, you sl- it's wet. It's covered in spit. Uh, you are, you're hanging on to it. You're losing your grasp. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Okay, right as she's slipping off, she's going to shove the turtle up into the sort of nostril holes that are down in the back Which of your Which are right throat. behind the uvula. Yes, they are. They're like right back there. Yes. And she's going to take a big sniff into her side of the turtle. You hear the turtle say, buy me dinner first as you... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And then you hear the wind of Ruleshaven because you are Bellow, and there's a little Cordelia in the back of your throat. <laughs> Bellow, <gasps> you! Suddenly, uh, uh, the world turns back on. The lights of the world turn back on to you, and you're inside of your own throat. <gasps> you're Cordelia. What the fuck? What the frick? Bellow! Cordelia as Bellow drops to a knee and spits out uh, Bellow as Cordelia. <gasps> oh. Albie runs over. Cordelia, are you okay? Cordelia, we'll see if you're okay. You need to make a wisdom saving throw and you need to make it with advantage because the tall are naturally wise and intelligent and charismatic. I'll say it every time. Okay, I got a 16 and a 6. A 16 and a 6. So you got to take that 16, which means you are in control of the bellow. (laughs) Cordelia, get in the bellow or Bellow will have to get in him again. So go for it. You are bellow now. Cordelia, when you uh, exhale, you are 70 feet up in the air. You smell the thin air of Ruleshaven, and you look out. And who in front of you? Who stands in front of you but Brian Fuck, standing just about the same height as you? Brian Fuck! Render unto me that which is mine! So, Cordelia, 
You've already said, you you know, you, you treat your spells like a shelf of, uh, you know, unlabeled odds and ends. But even with that system, you know, you can't help but, you know, you learn some, some good go-to spells, some best practices for rooting around inside your own magic arsenal. But now, you're inside Bellow's body, and it's like somebody, let's say teenagers, went in there and fucked everything up. You got weird outdoorsy shit, stuff that smells like pine, stuff that feels like how suntan lotion smells, and something familiar that's hot to the touch. Uh, hell yeah. Okay, Cordelia's gonna fucking stumble around inside of that body of bellows, feel for a familiar spell. She gets a fire one and she blasts it out. Okay, you... Uh, tell me, you describe to me exactly how you do it. Oh, sure. Um, so she puts Bellow's giantified hands up, places them in a triangle, and blasts a cone of fire right into Brian Fuck's face. From emerging from that the blank space, the empty space, the negative space of that triangle that your hands have formed, uh, from that it begins to shine and sunburn moves in a cone a large cone and it blasts Brian Fuck who by the way fails his dexterity saving throw he's hit with UV rays and all of his flesh he's mostly flesh which is especially vulnerable to the UV rays I have unfortunately discovered here in sunny California he is hit by it Brian Fuck as he takes 100 damage of UV rays to his flesh. His flesh all knit together in such a variety, such a strange, unseemly variety of ways. All of it burns. Uh, You see some of his skin begins to bubble and boil as he takes all of this damage. But here's the thing. Here's the thing about Brian fucking his his final form like this. He has a ton of hit points. He's hit bad (laughs) by this, but he's going to retaliate. He looks at you and says, try some of this on for size. And his nipples, which were actually valves, they open up and two goblins uh, whose arms have been reworked so that they're helicopter like. uh, They both fly like (laughs) drones towards you. Screaming at you, going Cornelia's gonna say I don't like it. And then she's gonna just uh, swat at them in sort of slow, giant, monstrous way. Make an attack roll with disadvantage. They're little guys. She's like trying to hit it a fruit fly. Okay, 16. What you do is you manage to hit one of them, but they explode. Those goblins have been chugging explosive poison. It explodes for 10 damage on your perfect hand. Hand. You never had a hand that nice. Bello! Cordelia! Ah! <laughs> hey. Hi! <laughs> the other one that you missed is going to circle around. It's going to hit you in the back of the head, exploding. Four, eight more damage. Ouch! Bello, down on the ground in Cordelia's body, is going to think to himself, she needs stealth. And then he's going to reach in, and deep inside of this new body, he's going to find something that feels like a concealing blanket. And he's going to focus and try and throw it up on her. Great, you barf it up on her. Uh, It's what you said, it's your words. You throw it up on her, you barf it up, you vomit it on her. And uh, this blanket, which is designed for medium creatures, obscures her entire foot. (laughs) Bellow's foot is hidden. It is gone. We can no longer see it. It is pixelated, in fact. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah, it's like when I used to watch Wild On on TV after my parents went to sleep, and, like, people were pixelated on there. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. It went into witness protection. I just um, wanted to know what adults were like. All right. So, uh, yeah, but his feet are pixelated. Okay. Well, uh, Cordelia as Bello is fucking mad, and she wants to get right up in Brian Fuck's face and just punch him. Okay, great. So you move, and you're just stepping on buildings, and you're crushing them, just absolutely demolishing them. Cordelia, how could you? You're moving through. Whatever. You're moving through, uh, and, and you, you walk up towards him, and you're going to take a swing, make an attack roll. 11. You whiff it completely. So you're going to swing at him, and he dodges. He's actually pretty quick in this thing. With a, a horrible churning sound, he's able to, uh, to to lower this large flesh monstrosity, and he ducks under your punch. You miss him completely. Oh, shoot. You punch a cloud, exploding it. Shut up. <laughs> nice. Little bits of rain go everywhere. Albina, Stefri, we must join the battle. Should we? Can we? become huge too i've got fireballs but you gotta go shoot him uh, stir fry rushes inside grabs a whole bunch of multi-colored potions runs back outside and goes uh frederick do any of these look like they look like they could be explosive he's losing his voice a jacques apatois you hear from nearby jacques uh uh avoid there says he corrects the actual, the accurate recording of himself. He re- corrects it. Amazing. <laughs> A king. Stephanie, I have no time to check. Just throw whatever looks dangerous at any goblin you see. Now, let's go. As you do that, uh, Brian Fuck is going to put his hand out because uh, he's crouched down. He can sort of see you guys. He moves his hand forward and the palm of his hand opens up. And he shoots out uh, just like a, a string of uh, probably a hundred goblins. So like another wave, a flood of goblins are just heading towards you now. But this is less like a tidal wave, and this is more like a stampede of goblins. As soon as they are released, they let go of each other, and they are just running towards you going, ha, 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 motherfucker, motherfucker. <laughs> um, Albie uh, uh, grabs uh, the hand of Cordelia's body on the ground, and she's like, she's like, Holy, like, come on, let's go. And she's running towards um, Brian Fuck. And as she's running, she's feeling exhausted. She feels like she's being pushed to her physical limit, but she tries to access that sound of distant drumming and she breathes in and tries to go into a rage again, but something won't work. She's like hitting a wall and the, the harder she tries, the harder it gets. And she's like, she collapses to her knees. Why isn't it working? I'll tell you why, because you're out of rage slots. That's right, you haven't rested in enough time. You're out of rage, you used all your rage. You're burning the candle at both ends. This is what happens, it's just wick now. What are you gonna do? Um, Albie uh, looks up at uh, Cordelia, she looks into Cordelia's eyes and she looks wounded. She's like, what do I do, what do I do? He needs flesh, he needs flesh from one of us. And she reaches up and she's like an adult ant animal right now. She reaches up and grabs one of her antlers and she starts trying to like crack a piece of it off. Albie, you're tired, you're worn down, you're frustrated, you're looking out over a city in flames and without even bracing or psyching yourself up, you grab your antler by the top prong and you snap it. (laughs) 
she's like just holding it in her hand and she's like showing Cordelia who she thinks is Cordelia. Um, Bella was shocked by this and goes, oh, wow. Um, I know you, hey, <laughs> We gotta hey, give him some, no, he has to you- give him flesh. He has to take, he'll never stop. No, I know, I know, I know you want to help. But right now, this is Cordelia's fight. Cordelia, you're Cordelia. I'm Bello. I don't understand. Albie, I'm you're- Bello. Goblins are pouring out at you right now. You both uh, make a dexterity roll right now because goblins are surrounding you. 12. 14. Okay, Bello, you are able to, uh, in Cordelia's body, which is, uh, it's more agile than you were expecting it to be for such a, a tall creature. Uh, the tall are always agile. Uh, you, uh, you're able to dodge uh, out of the way. Albie, you are distracted from the pain, and you feel even more of it as a, a, a goblin just sort of, like, just absolutely runs into you, just, like, elbow out. I want to scoop Albie up. Get the, make a roll. Make strength roll. That's a 16. You scoop Albie up. Albie, you are once again lifted up by Cordelia, but this time it's Bello inside of Cordelia. What an arrangement. We soar back up and join the Titans above, locked in a battle. Brian Fuck takes one on the chin, what a good sport, and steadies his footing, destroying a school as children up past their bedtime cheer from a nearby apartment complex. Corbello's tail takes out a community garden as community gardeners boo from one floor up on the same apartment complex. The sun has gone down and the moon has come up. Corbello and Brian Fuck are lit from beneath by the roaring flames consuming the especially wooden neighborhoods. Whoever wins, Ruleshaven loses. Some of the surviving peacekeepers hurl flaming arrows at Corbello, missing completely and making the fire situation significantly worse. Many of the citizens of Ruleshaven have fled from the center of town, some to the extreme west and east, others cower behind the tall. Others still flee out the exits and down into the switchblades, where they take their chances with the feral pranksters many. One of our cameramen is almost killed as they circle Brian Fuck's head for a once-in-a-lifetime shot. It's a city in chaos. I love it, but I get that not everybody does. Um, Corbello sees this from up on high, and she has feelings, and she wants this to be over. So she turns back to Brian Fuck, and um, she pulls a random spell out from inside of Bello and throws it at him, and I'm rolling a d6. So, Joe, what's the fifth spell on your list? Oh, that's nice. Nice, that's the way to do it. Yeah. Detect poison and disease. Great. Great. Okay. (laughs) So she fucking blasts her hands out straight into Brian Fuck, and she detects what was it? Poison Poison and disease. Poison and disease. So I'll tell you what you find out. You cast detect poison and disease on Brian Fuck, and here's the thing: there is a type of poison moving through all of these things, all of these these flesh mechanisms, binding them together. But they are not diseased. They are, in fact, healthier. Nothing, everything connected is... This is a fully functional living being. You know, there's schools thought that oxygen is a poison and we just evolved to be able to breathe that poison. This poison is, uh, is keeping this creature alive. So it's poisoned, but it's poisoned in a healthy way. What an unusual mixture of things. This show, I tell you. 
Okay, the information of the poison hits Cordelia in her, in the sort of chaos and panic of the moment. She is scared for her friend, she's scared for herself, but she realizes somewhere a connection is made, um, and it, she feels the two coconuts, and she feels the rope, and she reaches inside of Bello for something pure and something uh, sort of liquid, something that feels like it's going to cure the poison that she discovered that's binding Brian Fuck together, and she casts, Joe? Cure wounds. Cure wounds. Yeah, so 60. Okay, great. So you do, you heal 60 damage. But because of what I just said, it's only fair you're going to be doing 60 damage. Because, as I said, it's poison, right? That you're going to be curing the poison, which is going to hurt this guy. This guy is fucked up. Bizarro guy, and so you are going to be doing sixty damage to him. So you cure, and you tell me where on him. Where do you do the damage? Yeah, so f- towards the chest, I guess that would be there. Okay, great. That, you yeah. go for the chest, and it's going to be. It, it actually opens up the stitching, mm-hmm. and uh, a wave of goblins uh, pours out of this guy. It's, it's almost like the blood. The goblins were his. Blood. The goblins were his blood. The oh. goblins pour out of this guy, and a large wave of goblins. For those of you on the ground, the things are about to get very bad, and even bigger wave of goblins is heading towards you. These goblins are disorganized. They don't know what's going on, and they're mad. Some of these goblins, uh, they're wearing little hats uh, to signify that these are the white blood cells, and these guys especially are out for blood, as is the white blood cells' job, I believe. I could be wrong. No, I think I'm right. They're uh, charging uh, towards you now, and those, they have weapons. One of them has a flail he's swinging above his head, and stir-fry going to attack. He is going to hit. He is going to do seven damage to you. Uh, stir-fry is going to roll back, taking it, and throw a random potion, the nearest one to him, at the guy who hit him. 17. You hit him, his hair turns white, and he begins aging extremely quickly in front of you. He looks at his hands as they wrinkle, his neck wrinkles, his, you know the thing I'm talking about, their necks, you know what, you know what I'm talking about. His neck gets extremely wrinkly, uh, and his whole life flashes before his eyes. He looks at his hands and says, my life, and he turns to dust. Albie looks at Stir Fry's crossbow, and she is, like, still clutching her piece of antler, and she, like, holds it up and, like, waves it at Stir Fry. What? We have to get it to him! Shoot it at him! Stir Fry rushes to Albie and grabs it and put... and, and, and finangles this little antler into... onto the arrow, um onto the arrow that he already has in his crossbow. He is going to then uh, run as close as he can to Brian Fuck, try to get this into, shoot this into his mouth somehow. Um, now, there's a, a, I would call this extremely difficult terrain of goblins. There's goblins, 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 goblins in front of you. Right. Branson, by any chance, does um, uh, uh, the anatomy space have a, like, Da Vinci-style helicopter? <laughs> Maybe we no. saw it coming in. Does it have a modern helicopter? <laughs> yeah. No, no, there's no. Hel- Look, I would love to roll with you on this one, but there's no Da Vinci helicopter. We didn't set it up. It would be insane to give it to you right now. <laughs> trying my luck. Just try. Just try my luck. So, stir fry. I'll tell you exactly what happens. Right as you're running forward, uh, a sword grate opens up. Uh, it just shoots up right in front of you, uh, taking about four goblins with you. From out from uh, the sewers, uh, Lady Blades jumps up. She does a spinning kick, and she takes out about 20 feet of goblins in a circle. And she looks at you and says, I will protect you from the bottom. 
Uh, stir fry nods. He likes it. If he could talk, he'd say something lascivious. But guess what? He can't talk like that no more. So he's gonna try to move. You take that, fans of the show. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Uh, um, stir fry's gonna uh, nod and run, uh, run around her, try to get closer to an opening or possibly to a foot of Big Bellow, so we can run up it. I will tell you this, you have made it close. Yeah, there is a foot of Big Bellow. You can run up uh, Big Bellow's pixelated foot. But the pixelated part is going to be difficult terrain because you don't know where you're going. Damn, invisible foot. That's the first time that's made me sad. Um, I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to try... the opposite of Quentin Tarantino's thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to try to climb, so I'm going to roll for... Yeah. Make a dex roll. 21. Okay, you do it. You get up the pixels. You clench each pixel. You you move from pixel to pixel to pixel to pixel, and then you're moving up the shin, and you did it. You're up the calf now. Um, I'm gonna keep on climbing. Keep on trying to get, trying to get. Um, I'm gonna try to get if I can to like a shoulder, so I have some spots to um, uh, or if a hand is available to know what's going on. That might okay. be helpful. Um, you're moving up. You're moving up the. Uh, by the way, just for fan art, grow up. He's got the sweat sweatpants still on. Uh, you're moving up the sweatpants. Um, I'm trying to get to um, a shoulder, a, a divot in the elbow, some kind of surface so I can actually make my aim. I understand. You're uh, you're moving up. You're moving up. And we're gonna cut over now to De Bonesby. We'll get back to you. All right. Um, then uh, De Bonesby starts to to read the scroll, um, and he he starts to kind of feel that that little bit of weird itchiness of, of connection with the goblins again, but he kind of pushes it aside uh, and casts a fireball and then flicks a tiny moat of flame straight for this center mass of the Brian Fuck monster. The moment that it hits flesh, it blossoms and expands into a flaming explosion of 20 feet wide a sphere of flame, and it does a lot of damage. Right? It's extremely flammable, as I found out in high school. Don't worry, he's fine. He actually just got engaged. Uh, Congratulations! The, uh, yay! Yeah. For him. But uh, bad for Brian Fuck as his body sort of like burns up, and uh, he's just sort of uh, he's almost hollowed out in the middle. He has a functioning lower body and a functioning like nipples up, but the middle of him is just like completely skeletonized as goblins just sort of pour forth. But here's the good thing to both because you were doing all that damage, you burn up more than half of those goblins. You have really cleared a path there because if, if there's anything more flammable than human flesh, it's goblin flesh, which is coated in gasoline at all times. <laughs> so those guys just go up like a, a fucking match. Uh, and you've killed, let's say, 200 goblins with that move. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Um, uh, can I take a liberty with uh, the concept of spell slots? Let, go for it, go for it. Okay, uh, Corbello, huge, tons of new spell slots. She's basically reaching within and just throwing out spell after spell. Uh, Cordelia reaches within herself and she throws out detect magic and then she it's everywhere it's like you gotta do a car with the radio pumped it's just like deafening really quickly it, it hurts Jesus okay um, and then she throws out the sorry Joe the weather weather is here wish you were beautiful where each object in a 20 foot cube within range is outlined in aruba blue seafoam green or coral red uh, she picks coral red alright everything around you becomes coral red uh, incredible, and then she, beautiful, and then she casts cure wounds again, and this time she uh, aims it at his junk. You circumcise him. 
give me a. Uh, no. <laughs> Jesus. You did it. You aimed it. Come on. You knew who. Was, <laughs> Gross, you knew Grant who the Sam. DM was. Come on. You did 40 damage to his junk. You completely. It's just. Uh oh. It's gone. It's just like a fish bones are left there. Like the kind of thing a, a cat might pull out of a trash can and be like, ooh, dinner. <laughs> it's like that's what happens to his dick. Okay. Brian Funk goes, no! I was gonna use that for sex. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I wanted bless. to see what it was like. Oh. Uh, Brian, you were supposed to go on a date once. What? Where are we? What have you become? That was hours ago. <laughs> you lied to me. I need a jaw and a hand. You unleashed a bully on me. Stirfry, you made it up to the shoulder. What are you going to do? Uh, Stirfry is going to get onto the shoulder, uh, and he is going to uh, start aiming, start aiming, start aiming start aiming. Wait! He's gonna reach into his bag and tie similarly around this, um, this antler, the bag of hands and jaws. Um, and so he is going to aim. He looks. He aims. He squeezes down the trigger. Wait, no, the air's not right. He waits. He waits. Tick. 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 Just right. He unleashes and it flies straight at Two hands and a jaw fly at this guy. Brian Fuck looks at it a moment too late. It pierces his ear. It moves right through his ear, and it pins him actually to the back of the cockpit of his own mech. As Hell yeah! Brian Fuck screams, No! The bag opens up. And it seems for a second like nothing's going to fall out. And for a 20, it wouldn't have. But you got a 21. A hand falls out. A second hand falls out. A jaw falls out. Brian Fuck looks at some. No. These could belong to anyone. I need a hand and a jaw from those who betrayed. And an antler falls out. Unmistakably, the antler of Albira Dawn. Brian Fuck looks at it. He looks up, a tear in his eyes. Good. Good to their word. <laughs> Corbello says. That's right. Not knowing where this came from, what happened. <laughs> and she's like, she goes, um, get out of here now. I asked for a jar and a hand, and I received it, plus interest. I see there's two hands here. Ha <laughs> ha, Brian Fruck. Okay, man, then you've got everything you need. No, not quite. I wasted untold goblins fighting you here. I want each of my goblins replaced. Brian Fuck! Oh, come on! <laughs> and at that, Corbello, you are going to hear from nearby you on a rooftop somebody shouting at you. Oh, look at that! If it isn't the family man! Oh. <laughs> hey, Hot. <clears throat> oh, hey, Hot Roddy. Holding an empty bottle of, uh, of of scotch, Hot Roddy's gonna look at me and say, "Don't you hey Hot Roddy me? You <laughs> fucking got rid of me. Everyone heard it. Oh. Fuck, you think you're better than me? You're big now. I don't give a shit. Okay, Hot Roddy, you're entitled to have this. Don't fucking therapy talk me, you piece of shit. Beldelia is going to is going to see Hot Roddy up on the rooftop and. He's going to call out, Hey, Hot Roddy, the bell broke. All those rules are null and void. Shut the fuck up! You're his dad again. 
don't give a shit that I'm legally his dad again. He didn't want me to be his dad. I fucking heard it. He said it for everyone. He rubbed my fucking nose in it. Made me his fucking uncle like some piece of shit dad. What's an uncle but a, a second place dad? A little light goes off uh, in Cor- Corbello's head, um, and she says, Hey, Hot Roddy. Yeah, fuck you, yes, my name don't wear it out. And she points at uh, Brian Fogg and she says, That's my new dad. <laughs> you what? She she points at Brian Fuck and attempts to aim Hot Roddy's vitriol at Brian Fuck, and she says, That's my dad. So you pick this motherfucker? What the fuck? I thought we were... You said so, you downgrade! Fuck you! Fuck you! He gets really mad. His his hands, there's like fire coming out of his hands now. He goes, fuck you! What the fuck did I ever do to you? I just wanted to be your fucking dad. Is that so invasive? Well, I don't if, think so. If you can beat him up, you can be my dad. Fuck you! Fuck. I don't have found shit to earn from you anymore. I fucking was, I fucking, I was going to be your family. We would be family. We would be best friends. You didn't fucking want it. You had to fucking embarrass me. So go pick your new dad. I was just saying goodbye, and I won't bother you anymore. I won't bother you by being your dad. Corbello, yeah, looks down to um, Eldelia and is like, I, "Do you want me to do something here?" Kind of shrugs. I'm, and, I'm trying to help. I'm trying. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And so she shrugs and she turns back to Brian Fuck and she is I fucking punch him. Uh, fuck it. Cor- Corbello is like, "Fuck this guy. This sucks." Uh, and then punches. Brian Fuck in the face. Okay, great. Make an attack roll on Brian Fuck. 17. 17? A roll for damage. Here's the thing. You're not doing damage to the mech anymore. You're doing damage to Brian Fuck in the cockpit. (laughs) You're gonna punch him. Killing. Brian Fuck, you flatten him against the inside of his own cockpit. You feel his... If you ever, like, stepped on a cockroach and felt every bit of it, that's what happens. You feel that on your hands and you just absolutely kill Brian Fuck up against the back of his own cockpit. The mech falls to its knees. Steam coming out of it. It begins, it bursts into flames. For some reason, it uh, was already burning. It's burning even more now. It bursts into more flames. It sways back and forth and it falls to the side, completely dead. The goblins, seeing this, fall into chaos and disarray. These goblins are no longer organized. They no longer have a purpose. These are the nasty little freaks you've grown to love on this show. They, uh, they, began, uh, they begin cheering and swearing, and they run off in all sorts of different directions. Some of them are crawling over you, but they no longer seem to have murderous intent. Great. Corbella Corb- is looking down on the ground for the, uh, the turtle. She finds it, and she walks over to the... Beldelia. Care for a sniff? Yeah, but am I just gonna be, uh, you know, like a monster when I get back inside me? Oh, yeah. Hmm. Can you get smaller first? I don't know, can I? Maybe try wild shape. Wild shape into small me. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) She tries. Do you need to make a success on anything for wild shape? No. Okay, she does it. She does great. great. She does it great. Really well. Yeah, you wild shape into... Why the fuck not? You wild shape into uh, into Bellow. And to become small, I don't know what that feels like. Uh, so <laughs> it... Uh, 
It's a strange sensation, but if it hurt to get... Okay, so if it hurt to get big, it's going to feel really good to get small. It feels great as you uh, you turn into Bellow as you take that sniff. You exhale and you're Cordelia. Bellow, you exhale and you're Bellow again. <sighs> Bellow hugs Cordelia. Yeah, Cordelia hugs him back. Stir fry midair plummets to the ground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're falling, you're falling, you're falling from a potentially fatal height, too. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? What are you guys gonna do? Stirfry's falling! Stirfry opens up his arms, flaps, flaps, flaps. It's not working. It's not working. This bird can't fly. Albie's gonna reach her arms up and try to catch him. Okay. So 16? Okay, 16 should be good. He's falling fast though. He's got hollow little bones, but he's still falling fast. He's pointy. But this might hurt. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Bello is looking in Ulcer Anatomy's store, desperate for Da Vinci-style helicopters. <laughs> Isn't one in there? There never was one Gah! in there. Surfright, you are falling. Albie catches you. <laughs> are you okay? <sighs> Johnson cried. It hurts, Albie. You take two damage. That's a beat. Awesome. Um... <laughs> Albira, Albira, what happened to your, to your antler? I don't, I don't know. I just, I was trying to, I was trying to, I was just trying to fix it. And I, I didn't feel like I could control my brain anymore. I just, my body just sort of took over. This really hurts. We we must get you sorted. She whimpers and just like collapses into a little pile. And as you do, you hear the shouts of nearby Rulshavians crying out, They're here! The witch hunters! Come to save us! As you round a corner of rubble, you see clearly through a smashed city wall down into the switchblades below, a long caravan of black carts, exactly like the one the witch hunter took you in a little over a month ago. They're all lit by lantern light. They illuminate the crisscrossing patterns of the switchblades like fireflies. There's well over a hundred visible from this angle, each with a thin plume of white smoke coming from their lanterns. As you look around, you see these plumes of smoke coming from every side of the city walls. The carts visible to you creep forward in no hurry at all. They've got you surrounded. It's the witch cops. I really need a nap. Fuck. Oh my god. Run! Ah, yes. Quite the rude tale indeed. That was Ali Fisher as Cordelia. Carly Monardo as Albie, Christopher Hastings as Frederick de Bonesby, Tim Platt as Stir Fry, Joe Lepore as Bello, and Branson Reese as everything and everyone else. Rude Tales of Magic is produced by Taylor Moore at Fortunate Horse. He sounds nice. With additional sound design by Michael Gelfi, and with the infinite dark beneficence of Sidney and Benjamin Paul. 
See you next time, weary traveler, when you most desire even more rude tales of magic. That was a HeadGum Podcast.